What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a multifamily investor, a syndicator. I'm a busy professional who loves what I do, and I love making money on the side, building wealth for me and those around me by investing in cash flowing real estate. Today, our guest is Jason Graves. Jason is a real estate investor who lives in Southern California and used to invest exclusively in Southern California but has repositioned to Kansas City, Missouri. Today, he's gonna tell us about his whole process of going from being a a busy professional, a frugal busy professional, saving his money, investing, and staying calm while others were panicking in 2008, buying condos, and then now his recent reposition into a much higher cash flowing market in Kansas City, Missouri. He's gonna tell us about taking massive action how you can learn those lessons and take massive action on your own, the tools that you need to really take the amount of massive action that he's taken to experience that same level of success. Jason's a really great guy, has a lot of great ideas and great practices in growing his business. So a lot of fantastic lessons in this one. And without further ado, here we go with Jason Graves. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to talk with you again. It's, you know, we met a couple months ago and we just reconnected by email and you've done a lot in your relatively short amount of time as a multifamily investor. But for the folks out there who don't know, give us the intro to Jason Graves. So so I've been in San Diego for 30 years. So I'm an ex-software sales guy. I shouldn't say ex. I'm still selling software. I have a day job. was with Adobe Systems when for when we were eight. $100 $100 million company. And then I read, run, was with that company for 18 years selling software. So uh, I started when I was 25 years old, bought my first condo and then bought a second condo and a house and kind of went from there. And then just got into multifamily about 18 months ago. But we've, we've done it pretty quick. Nice. And you've done very well in that time. And you have a great story, uh, and we were, we were talking about this, and this is what I want to talk with you about. Uh, uh, talk about with you today is your experience in investing in Southern California when everybody was panicking in 08 through 10, and then taking massive action more recently in repositioning into multifamily real estate. So can let's let's start back in 08. Everybody's freaking out. What were you doing? In uh, yeah, and it started back in the fact that I've been doing for a little while and, and I did buy, I saw the market crashing, everyone, there's blood in the streets. So it was, I, I couldn't talk my friends into buying condos, you know, at, the, at that time. And, you know, things that were 350, I, I was buying at 141, right? Um, another condo at 350, wow. I bought for 148, another condo, and I kept kind of doing that. But, you know, I, my good fortune was when I was 25, 26, I read The Millionaire Next Door, so we, I had a, my wife and I have a philosophy of spending, you know, really being frugal. It comes from that and investing all of your extra money into real estate, right? So because I'd been doing that for about five, five, 10, 15 years, we had enough cash to take advantage of that opportunity. And then what's interesting, you know, one of the condos I bought for my 10-year-old daughter, Paris at the time, you know, it's a two-bedroom, two-bath near San Diego State. 
and I literally paid 148 for that condo and I was $500 a month positive. And what's cool is I just took that 500 bucks and applied it to the mortgage for the last eight years. I have a $38,000 mortgage and it's worth 350. <laughs> I'm, I, I went in wow. and in the last two weeks did, you know, rehab the kitchen, painted the cab, pat, cabinets, did a, you know, made, uh, it's two bedrooms, two baths with laundry and a garage at San Diego State. It's listed for 350. You know, it will sell in the next couple of weeks. But the reason I share the story is I, you know, how I got into the multifamily 18 months ago is I took one of those condos I bought for 141. I sold it for 350. I took that gain and rolled it into the sevenplex out in Kansas City, Missouri. Right. So I'm taking a little greenhouse, trading for a red hotel. That 1031 exchange just moves that over. And now I have seven people paying down that debt. It's exactly the same thing I'm doing because I'm cash flow positive out of the gate, but now it's like $2,000 a month on that seven flex. I'm using that $2,000 to attack my principal on that building. Now I have seven people over the next five, seven years paying down that building, right? When I was out in Kansas City, mm -hmm. rinse and repeat. I live in Rancho Penasquitos, sold a condo for exactly the same number, 350 took that $300,000, I bought a 14 plex for a million three. The day I closed on that building, it got appraised for $1.7 million, right? I get $3,000 a month positive cash flow coming in. I did cost segregation. I have a $225,000 tax benefit on that one building. I have wow. seven to 8%, seven to 10% appreciation on the million seven. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just it's startling how much, and you got to remember where I started was this one condo I bought for $141,000, right? That's a $2 million asset. So all, all I did that. Yeah. The sale is cra crazy. Cause th those three, I've traded two condos for 26. It's worth 4.6 million, two, two condos. I traded for 26 stores mm -hmm. all in six months. That's worth $4.7 million. That's on track to be worth north of 10 million in five years. And they say, and I've, you know, they, they say the first 10 million is the hardest, right? So. I believe it. So in terms of unit yep. count over the last year and a half, you've drastically increased the, the number of units and the value of your portfolio. Uh, so how many units have, have, did you go from say maybe two years ago to what do you have? So now? we traded two condos for 26, then we syndicated and bought uh, 27, and then we bought a 30 plex and with partners on the last two, right? So we went from just a you know, handful of condos and sold, selling two of them, and now we have 83 doors. And, we're under, and, wow. then, and then, but you know, the, I'm a software sales guy, right? I'm, not, I'm doing this as my side hustle. I make good money, you know, at Adobe or DocuSign or, you know, I'm like a lot of doctors or lawyers and make, you know, a six, six figure income living frugally. But again, this has been nice on weekends. This is not my full-time job. Right. But the reason I share that with you is I've over that 18 months developed a relationship with local partners. Justin Brennan is who I'm talking about in La Jolla. He's a real estate by day guy in La Jolla. He's a developer right? So he's building, you know, 11 plex and a 14 plex in San Diego. And he know he knows the, the, he knows the, you know, the, the, the building part of it, 
right? So by having him on the team and working and flying out to Kansas City and working with a project manager, what's cool is I've got the relationship has gotten up to a level now where my property management, and that's the key of remoting, remotely owning property in another state, not only is mm-hmm. Brandon and North, Northern Terrace invest, you know, managing that and they developed a relationship, Brandon, the owner of that company, is now investing with us. So nice. why I say that is it's, it's taken our relationship to a much, much higher level. And you know, my broker, you know, Kerry, um, he's now investing with us as well. So when you have your broker and your property manager and you know, someone you trust locally all pulling in the same direction, and building out the team is really what I'm talking about, right? That it adds a lot of value. Yeah, so those relationships don't start overnight. They're not formed yeah. overnight. As you decided you wanted to get into uh, Kansas City is where you're investing, as you decided, how many kind of people did you talk with or evaluate or consider in, uh, in your search for partners and kind of what set these folks apart from anyone else you might have looked at or did you... Uh, you know, hit a grand slam with the first partnership you formed. No, I don't know. What, what yeah, so like? it's all about, you know, I'm, I'm David Lindahl trained. So it's about where jobs are going. And I hyper-focused on one or two key markets. And then I started calling brokers. And I honestly don't remember if I reached out to Carrie or he reached out to me, but we had a short conversation. Um, and we actually connected. He's the next software sales guy, right? So it's interesting. They say it in the books, but we did have some connection outside of real estate and his temperament and his professionalism and we just hit it off and he and we and he i told him what i was looking for and he started showing me and then i i'm i've literally been to kansas city one time i've been there 36 hours and i flew out wow. and kicked the tires and looked at four or five buildings made offers on you know, two or three different buildings got a second one under contract but so i was doing that and i was also making i i was hyper focused on one or two markets making those two broker calls per week, right? I was making two investor calls per week. I was making two lender calls per week. That's all I was doing, right? That's kind of Dave Lindell's system. But I was consistently doing that for, I don't know, two, three months. It paid off. I locked in on one. I locked on a one that developed the relationship and he was professional. He was responsive. He understood what I was looking for. I trust, I developed a trust relationship. He lives there. He's lived there for 20 years. He knows the market. So he got, he got me into a a good deal to start. And then, and then, you know, he's the broker, right? So he's got a, he's got a team of people that does that. Okay. So in this uh, organization, it sounds like um, you're the money guy. You're the one raising the funds to take the building down or, you know, how does this uh, work in terms of responsibilities for, uh, for so the I, I was able to move really quickly and buy those three buildings really quick right within the first six months because I was using all my own money so I didn't have to I just had to educate myself I read read a couple books listened you know read Dave's books went to the some training but um, I then then you go then I setting up the LLC and then working with Justin and building out my team who had more understanding of the legalese and being secure SEC compliant. And, you know, we got through all of that. Right. And then in, in back to your question is in regard to raising money, I actually started listing bigger pockets is awesome. It's free. It's, there's a great network. There's a lot of information, but what I did is I set up a, a alert in San Diego and it, that anyone in San Diego that posts multifamily and an alert in Kansas City multifamily, 
So I started developing an internal network in San Diego of people. And then I actually just had a barbecue at my house. So I thought it was pretty smart. So I invest, I invited just random people from San Diego, but there's like 55 people that showed up. So I hosted the thing, you know, alcohol and food and everything cost me, you know, four or 500 bucks, but it was awesome. Just in, I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling training. I'm not selling, I'm not, I'm not trying to get those even to invest with me just to open up my home and start talking to people. But what was cool is I have a couple of friends in San Diego that I'm thinking about. One of the guys, my poker buddies did buy seven houses back in the day. So he was my first investor. He put 300 grand in to my first building. He put a hundred thousand in my second building. He's on the barbecue flipping burgers. So these 50 people, I'm like, that's Omar. Go talk to him. Right. I'm taking in small groups around my house, I'm like showing my walls. Like that's my seven flex. That's my 14 flex. This is why this is the path of progress in Kansas city. I'm telling the story in my home. And so that, that's been good. So there's been, and then one of the doctor, one of the people that came, I'm Dr. Vanessa. She's a doctor here in San Diego. She came, we hit it off. She's now an investor in our buildings. Having a medical doctor who knows lots of rich people is, is helpful. So, and what's interesting is we don't, we don't want a lot of partners and we don't have been raising a lot of money. My, our first deal, I think we raised like six or 700,000, right? Right. So when mm -hmm. someone puts in 300, that's, you know, mostly there. So. Yeah, that's a, a big fish investor and six or 700 is not a huge right. raise, especially considering you know, where you're headed and, and the raises I'm sure you'll be doing in the future. Now, as far as it sounds like you got a lot of great results out of that barbecue. Was that your plan at the beginning? Or I just want to be around like minded people, right? Happens? I mean, just yeah. to get people in San Diego, I can start developing a relationship. I can help. I can help and point in connecting people. And then Justin Brennan, my partner, just had an event at the Del Mar racetrack. And because it's interesting because he's a developer, he's, he's selling real estate in La Jolla, which is kind of the Beverly Hills of San Diego. So he, we, he rented out a really big suite at the racetrack like two, two, three weeks ago. And we had 125 people at that event, right? So I had an event in my house. At, we had that event. We're now, you know, so I don't know, it's kind of building it from there. Nice. That's great. I mean, it's not, uh, we talk about hosting events on the show, uh, a decent amount, and it's not an easy thing to do, uh, to do well, to put together a group of, you know, individuals who are all interested in the same thing and to make the event, um, entertaining or productive for, for everyone involved. So, you know, that's great that, uh, those events have worked out for you and, a a racetrack in a, a rich area of Southern California is certainly not a bad, bad place to, Host an event, so it, it, that's great. You know, Taylor, it comes down to for me because I've I've been you know I'm going to that David Lindall and, and I was on stage. I told you earlier, you know, they made me investor of the, of the week that week at the Ultimate Impossible Partnering, which was awesome. It was like two you know, two thousand people, and I got up on stage and told that the exact same story in front of a lot of people. And I had and I I, I personally wrote checks to his top two or three students. Right, I wrote fifty thousand, seventy five thousand dollars checks, and I wrote that money into them to to make. To, to invest into syndications, right? But it's who you trust mm. with your money. Like uh, the guys I'm thinking of, I really just like them. I, I wanted to get their PPM, pr pr you know, private placement memorandum, their operating agreement, see their marketing. I mean, I wrote those checks because I trust they're going to execute on their plan, but I really wanted to get their content so we can reduplicate and be where they're at. Cause these guys own two, three, four, seven thousand dollars, right? I own, I'm, you know, I own 83. So, um, but it comes down at the end of the day, 
is who are you going to trust with your money, right? And it's, it, it was hard. And when I was doing condos and houses, I didn't have to trust anybody. I was just buying it with my wife and I, and we trusted no one. And I, I purposely, I, I became the millionaire next door, literally. And I have a really low profile. Like I drive my, my 1986 Toyota truck, my first car I ever bought and drove. I drive that in around the neighborhood. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> and with a big old freaking smile on my face. And, um, you know, I've never had a, a car payment for 50 years. I'm 50 years old. So for 50 years. Right. Wow. So, but I became that being low under the profile, being modest in my appearance of what I own. Right. And, and having to, because literally 50% of our income five zero has been, been poured into real estate. Now that's going and has been awesome. Right. And I made way more money in, in real estate than I have selling software. Right. So, but, mm -hmm. but the selling software, it, it pays your yeah. bills during, you know, awesome. as you build the real estate portfolio. Mm -hmm. And you said at the beginning that you're still day job. A, uh, a software sales guy, still have I a do. day job is as far as you know, moving forward, what are your plans? I mean, we talked a bit about that and, and how is real estate kind of playing into your plans over the next, I don't know, five or 10 years. You mentioned five you year your kids, a, things like that. I maybe a, you're sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I have, I have a, so I have no, an no, 18 year old daughter at Paris who's in college. I have a 14 year old daughter, Devin, who's a freshman in high school. I'm 50 years old in five years. We'll have a thousand doors, right? We have an absolute mechanism on that and I'll be 55 and that the 26, 26 doors at 18%, 18% projecting really 21% will be north of $10 million. At 15%, that makes 1.5 million to 2 million a year on 10 million, right? So at 55, yeah, I'll, re I'll, be, I'll re be retired and, and not doing software, but that's five years away. Nice, nice. Well, that's a great five-year plan. As far as you know, kind of working your way there, getting to those thousand doors, what are you expecting in terms of, do you have to pick another market? Are you are you going to need to spend more time there? Is your, one of your partners going to need to, to move there? You know, what does that look like? Because the logistics yeah. of running 83 doors versus a thousand versus two, three, 4,000 doors are completely different. So we were right there. So we're looking at Texas. We're looking at Boise, Idaho. We're looking at parts of Florida, like Orlando. It's all back to job growth, right? So we're taking back, taking a step back, analyze. We're in a weird time right now. I usually, I don't know how to crystal the ball, but you know, Elections coming up. We've had we're on ten year. You know, I bought, you know, I bought no eight oh nine ten years ago. We've had ten years of an up market, so things could go to sideways mm -hmm. for a while. Whichever. I mean, no matter where we're at, we're going to continue to buy, but we're conservative and we're tactical and hyper focusing. You know, we I like Arizona a lot still. Vegas is doing well again. Phoenix is doing well. Um, so I'm picking one or two other markets and looking, and we're open but we're definitely uh, looking to do everything I just talked about again in another market and a, a totally radically different topic. We're, and we're also looking at mobile home parks next. I have three firemen that are interested in partnering with me and what we, what I built on kind of on the apartment side, but they have a million dollars in cash. Right? So what I found, I mean, that's the hard part. Once you have some people you locally like you and they trust you and they want to part with you and they have that much cash, 
now the rest of it falls into place. Because one thing I, I absolutely disagree with on, on these seminars, and they say, you know, a big, huge deal, like a hundred plex is the same as a little deal. And in my personal opinion, that's absolutely incorrect. Like doing a five unit apartment building that I bought in Kansas city for $375,000 and raising 70 grand opposed to doing a hundred door deal is the not, not the same thing. Are you with me? <laughs> So, so, yeah, so yeah. I'm just, no, I, they, I, they, I you know, they, they get on stage and they say, just focus on these huge, big deals. And I, what I really wanted to talk to you about is, you know, for the folks just starting, you know, starting on a fiveplex and, and figuring out the math and going after and finding 70, you know, I bought that fiveplex in Kansas City. I saw, I think, showed you the picture of it. It was, you know, beautiful right in the path of progress, but it, it's, it's 375, right? 20, you know, 20% getting $70,000. Even if you don't have $70,000, you might have, 20 right and you can find one partner that has 25 and you can go to your uncle that's got the other balance and you've basically done a little syndication but at least you got your 20,000 in with two other people that know you and you just got a fiveplex that's the key is getting that first deal done and you learn so much by doing right and then continue to drive down I go back to my millionaire mind but you you drive you figure out how to get rid of your car payment I I, I know that you know, that doesn't make it, we're talking about a different thing, but I think it's so critical to pay down and pay off your car, pay down, pay off your credit card debt, simultaneously get those two things away, done. And then it frees up incremental more money to do the next deal. But it, I think, I, I, you know, my challenge is when you go into these training and these seminars and there's a hundred people, I, I, I honestly think less than 10 people, 10% ever take any action because we get distracted with our job. We, you know, you know, a parent getting cancer or a loss, you know, there's so much your know, kids and marriage and there's so much noise in your life for all of us. Right. But by hyper-focusing, just oh, yeah. get that first deal yeah. done is, is, is really important. And it's, it's hard to take that daily action that's required. I mean, I, listeners will know I drop the fourth wall on this show all the time and we're recording this it's 6 30 on a Sunday my time 3 30 on a Sunday your time and look we're we're both working on our real estate portfolios in a certain way but it's right. the weekend man a lot of people want to be out you know hanging out That's having right. fun and it's hard to put in you've put in literally a decade worth of work plus two decades worth of work maybe more on your real estate portfolio yeah you know, you, so you, you put in a, a work way ahead of time and it snowballed. And then once you decided to really turn up the heat, then you had the resources to turn up the heat and, and really make your portfolio much bigger. But a lot of people don't have that long-term vision to be patient, put in the work, cut your expenses, make the investments and, and really... But I think where you're going with it is it does take sacrifice, right? So you're going to have to mm. give up, you know, TV or alcohol or friendships. You know, it, it comes back to what, you, if you really want it and what's your why, right? Why do you want to become wealthy? Why do you want to become, you know, get out of the rat race? You know, um, you know, on a personal level, I was cut off in college and I was going to school. My dad and my stepmother financially cut me off and I ended up living in my truck, that truck I told you about, that 1986 Toyota truck, I was living in it going to college, right? Live, literally homeless. Wow. So, uh, you know, showering at school, going to the library and studying, 
eating and eat, food's actually the hard part. It wasn't that long, but literally, you know, three months, six months. And then fast forward a year and a half, two year, years later at 20, and that's like 22, 23, at 25, my girlfriend and I, Shelly, we bought our first condo, right? With a gift and a loan. I got uh, $10,000 from my grandmother, Eileen, and 5,000 was a gift and 5,000 was a loan. And then for the next 10 months, we paid her back $500 per month for 10 months and she paid her back, right? But by buying that first condo at 25, we got a tax refund 18 months later. We bought a second one at 27. At 29, we bought the house I'm sitting in today. Then we bought houses in Arizona and Vegas, right? But, but those, you know, those two, three houses is, you know, getting started early and young and just figuring it out and cracking the code. But, you know, my, my, my reason why is not to go back to that feeling, right, of just being, you know, without a place to live, right? And then, do you think that's that's what separates you from others, is or from the people who get in these programs and don't take the action, and they're in the ninety-eight percent, you're in the two percent that really take the massive yeah. action, is really knowing. I think your I why? think it's a, I think about it. I think it's a core be- belief of why I'm willing to sacrifice friendships or time on social media or what not watching TV or E or even, you know, I stopped drinking, but you know, it's, it's asking yourself, are you willing to give up some stuff and something? Cause you, that frees up time to do what we're talking about. Right. Um, so that's my big why. And then, and then if you take a step back, it really, I mean, I mentioned the millionaire next door. There's another one about the millionaire mind. There's a book about it's the like anything about the mental side of what we're talking about and studying multi-millionaires or millionaires or it's a psychological you know rich dad poor dad it's it's a psychological way of thinking about your time and not just trading your time for a paycheck right I've been doing that for 25 years but I'm right there on the tipping air tipping point of having, I at least have the concept of what I'm really super excited about in the last 18 months is I have 86, 83 people every day tonight in the last two days paying down my debt mm. over the weekend. I love long weekends, like 4th July, like three, four week, day weekends, <laughs> like they're paying down my debt. Like they're making me wealthier, right? Or wealthy, right? But it's not just a number. It doesn't matter if it's you know, 5 million or 10 million or 25 or 50 million. It, it's that feeling of, I can't get fired from that. Mm. That doesn't stop. Yeah. That train's rolling for five years, right? So, so that's so empowering. That's so, that's always been my dream to always have the, the you, know, you talk about passive income, mailbox money, but it's truly going back to that, you know, psychological part of just, but it takes sacrifice, right? It takes sacrifice and saving the money and, 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 and how you spend your time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you have the money and you can make decisions with it, whether you're going to go, I don't know, buy the new, uh, cyber truck or you're going to go buy a couple of <laughs> rental properties. And one of those is, a uh, maybe more financially savvy I have friends than that, that have, they make, you know, their husband and wife work in, in, in uh, live right next to me and they make, I don't know, two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a year. They're you know renting at twenty eight hundred, twenty eight hundred dollars a, a month. They're driving cars, and their car payments are about twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. They have twenty three thousand dollars on credit card debt. The you know they they're normal spenders, and they I've been having this conversation for ten years 
begging them when I was back in the day when the market went from 350 on a condo down to 141, buy one. You have $141,000 condo, you have, you know, 28,000 bucks. I guarantee, you know, th these people had that. And these are my close, my closest friend. And, you know, fast forward nine years, they finally, last year, they, they bought their first investment property. What's interesting, All what's right, it, but, yeah, and, and it's, it's, even though it took nine years, right, and it would have been awesome, they would have made a million dollars off, you know, one, two. Yeah. but it, it's a key, that, it's interesting that the psychological part that they got the first one, they're now got rid of, they had three cars, three, and they sold the one, they got down to two, but they're, they're on a path that's radically yeah. different now where they're literally paying cash for their, all their stuff. They want to a cash, you know, basis. Right. And, and mm, he's already okay. talking about buying the second one. He's already talking about investing 50,000 bucks in, you know, saving enough to invest with me on my next apartment building. And these are, you know, my, my closest friend. Right. And they, I say, I want to talk about partnering just for a second. If it's okay. Cause it, I, there's a, when you're sure. buying on your own, buying a condo or house, you don't need a partner. So that, so buying multifamily is all about partnering. Totally uncomfortable. Like I was uncomfortable. So that first seven plex I told you about, I went to my best friend, Brendan Brannigan, and I told him, look, I don't know why I need a partner, but I'm putting, going to put in 325000 I'm asking you to put in $50,000. And he, he was my partner. So I didn't know why, but I just asked him for it and he did it. And what's interesting about, that, about it is you do, that forced me to double check the math right? Double check the underwriting, double check that it's in the right location. Double check. I'm not going to lose my best friends after 30 years, $50,000 for any amount of money. Right? So it's just a different mindset, right? Cause you can't, you have to be okay with partnering and investing with a group of people because the numbers get big, but then it goes back to who you're going to stretch with your money. Right? So it's a two edged sword. I think it's a very good point about it being even scarier to lose your friend's money or just anybody else's money other than your own. I mean, yeah, we all hate losing our own money, but losing someone else's money, especially somebody who's been your friend for a right. long time is even worse than <laughs> losing your own money. Uh, so that's interesting that that drove you at least in, in some way it drove you to be maybe even Diligent. more careful with the investment, diligent, great word, with the investment uh, in, in your strategy and numbers and everything. That's great. So right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Jason, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, what is the best investment that you've ever made? I bought a condo at San Diego State. I think I sold it earlier uh, at, the, at the crash, just in the right location near a college campus and it wasn't the biggest but it was probably the best just because uh, my tenant literally paid it off in, in seven eight years that's great that's awesome and it's how, how do we you know we might not experience that big of a real estate crash correction whatever in our lifetimes we may but knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel is very important because the reason you got such a great deal is because you had your head in the right place while other people were panicking. And I think we'll see that again, right? right? No, you're right. But I mean, it was literally, you know, in, in the right time, 
you know, no one can ca is catching a falling knife in the stock market, right? You're always, you're, you're, <laughs> you don't know where the bottom is, but you, I averaged in, I was buying a condo every year for three or four years in a row, right? 08, 09, 010, like every year I bought one. Super, right? Cause I didn't know if we we're going down or we're going up and I kind of did both. So I just skipped off the bottom. Mm. Right. So, and again, you know, it, it's, that's not that much. That's not that much of a stretch buying a $140,000 condo. Um, I pay cash for one. I finance the second one. I pay cash for the third. I finance, finance the fourth. So. I think that's very smart though. And, and people too often, especially in stocks or, or what have you try to time the top of the market and they sell everything off and then it just keeps going. They try to wait for the bottom. And by the time it's going back up, they just completely missed everything. They'd be better off if they had just kept investing and not trying to, to predict the future, essentially. Cost average investing, so right? Sounds like you Same thing that we're talking yep. about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. On the other side of that, from the best investment, we have the worst investment. What is the worst investment that you've ever I have made? lost money one time in real estate. I, it was, uh, I bought a, a 2005, I bought a condo in Vegas and my mother was living in that condo. It, it appreciated dramatically. We didn't know where we were in the, in the, the cycle, right? And Dave Lindahl talks about um, uh, emerging markets um, and talks about real estate trends. That's what I was talking about. I hadn't read that book, but I, it was emotional. My mom was going to go into foreclosure and I decided to step in and buy her condo for like, I don't know, 350, $380,000. And I did it because it's my mom, right? I mean, it's, you know, in my mind, it's, she's going to be in, not on the street, but she's going to lose this. And it was, and then I was, so I bought it and then she moved out and I carried a loss, a thousand dollar loss for five years, $60,000 in cash plus my down payment, 30 lost 90 grand, sold it uh, five years later for 141,000. Wow. 340 learn something. So I still had a software job, went through the short process. So you have to show that you are financially distraught or whatever the, you know, show that you have no money. So I went through that whole process and did a short sale, which was extremely painful. The good news is that $200,000 Delta, because I did a short sale, didn't, the, the bank just wrote, wrote it off and because it was in Nevada. I didn't have to pay taxes on it. I know some states you have to actually pay taxes on, on the short, on the short loss as well. But, wow. but that was my only deal I've ever lost money on. It was a big loss and, and it's a good, a painful lesson, but a good lesson to not get emotional in your investments. Now, if you were to put yourself in your shoes at that time, once again, maybe knowing what you know now, I mean, what decision are you going to make? She's going to get foreclosed on you, find her a place to live. I, I don't know what the right answer for me, is. For me, but... I should have let her go into foreclosure. It absolutely would love to have gone back and let her fail miserably to the point of losing it all and being there for her to get, you know, help her move into uh, a, you know, apartment or something. Right. Um, financially mm. stepping in and being that crutch was absolutely the worst thing. Not even for me on that 90 grand that I lost, it was for her not hitting rock bottom coming in as a savior of her son, you know, is, is, is crippling in her progress of where she's going through. Right. So I would absolutely have let her fail, not fail, but lose the house, go to, do go to foreclosure. Right. 
have it is destroy you know destroy her credit for seven years. That would have been over. You're not saying you're not saying no. let her be homeless or no, anything like that. Her. You're saying but, yeah. She, you know she can go ahead and get foreclosed on. I don't need to step in and get foreclosed on myself or have you know go right. through a short sale yeah. myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that is a painful lesson leading to the third question, my favorite one. What is your most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Take massive action, right? Don't, so be strategic, like figure out your plan, figure out what you want to do, and then hyper-focus and execute, right? I mean, it's just, that's it. Take massive action. I appreciate that. You mentioned a few things in your life that you've foregone. I see your Keurig machine sitting behind you. Submit. You must drink a lot of coffee late at nights, uh, potentially in your office. But you mentioned things that you, you, you stopped drinking. You maybe had to let some friendships fall by the wayside, maybe some hobbies, other things like that. What comes to mind from maybe from folks that you've seen who are not taking massive action? What do you think that they're, they're missing? Is it, we've talked before, is that mindset? Is it, it just comes down to mindset? They're not willing to forego all those other cool things they might like, like going out drinking uh, I mean, late I, at night or something I, like that. I, you know, I'm older now, right? So, I mean, I've got, I spent a lot of time, you know, playing with my friends and, and, and drinking and partying and, you know, traveling and we've, I've had, you know, it's just, I've, you just decide if it's time, you know, I've, I've been on this in the last 18 months from my life has been radically different, right? So I did make some major sacrifices that freed up some time. I've just used that incrementally to take this next leap forward. What's interesting now, you know, I just joined a tennis club in Rancho Santa Fe, which is pretty close to my house, but it, and it, it's all about, the reason I did that is I, I played tennis in college and it's something I enjoy. And it's also getting me around other people that are like-minded that, you know, um, want to that are open to investing and like to invest and so i'm trying to develop relationships with new friends right i I do believe in the proximity that you are a sum of the four or five people you spend the most time with right so i've tactically i go back to justin brennan that guy in la jolla and the developer i went after you know I, i i proactively knew who he was and set up a meeting and developed a relationship and it's been great right so doing, taking that massive action and getting people in your life that you like and you are on the same page and you're pulling together and you're building out that team. Um, and it's just being open to people, right? I mean, I, I went into this, you know, you're working, you have kids, you're traveling, you're, you're, you're doing your real estate. You know, I, I was very closed off to meeting new people and now I'm in a position mm-hmm. to be completely open to see who comes into my life, which is kind of cool, kind of fun, right? That's great. I'm glad things have really uh, blown up for you, if you will, in the last uh, year and a half, 18 months, or you know, by the time this comes out, probably uh, 20 months, something like that. Uh, if folks want to learn more about you, more about your business, what you're doing in Kansas City, where can they get in touch with you? So I best thing is just actually call me at 858-736-5924 or send me an email to jgravesnext at gmail.com. So jgravesnext at gmail.com. Nice. We're going to blow up your email with requests to attend your next barbecue. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. It's great talking with you again. I really appreciate all the, the action that you've taken and everything that you've shared with us today in, uh, in taking massive action and how that can, 
benefit us and growing our real estate portfolios. So thanks, thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. To everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. If you're enjoying this show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big helper. I should, I should, I keep saying iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I certainly appreciate it. If you know anyone out there who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into our tribe. Once again, I hope you have a great day, great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Bye-bye.